MLM Nation, episode 744. Welcome to MLM Nation, a podcast of leaders, by leaders, for leaders, hosted by Simon Chan. He's built a team of over 200,000 and is now a full-time MLM coach and trainer. So if you're ready to level up your business, join us now. Let's do this. Hey, MLM Nation. If you're frustrated at where you're at, I have some good news. I finally, now that the book launch has happened, my book is published, I actually have some time for one-on-one coaching to help you. During this program, this is not a group coaching. It's actually hands-on one-on-one coaching. I give you my cell phone. You can reach out to me seven days a week and I actually hold your hand and show you exactly what to do during the five steps. Everything from your video to your presentation. I look at your slides. I look at what words you're using so that you can close more prospects. I hold you accountable and help you grow your business faster. Uh, obviously, I can't take everyone. There's a short application process. If, you go, if you're interested, go to mlnation.com forward slash coaching. Okay, mlnation.com forward slash coaching. Take five minutes to apply. Let me know more about you. And after you fill out the application, I'll reach out to you within 24 hours. Anyway, I look forward to helping you. I really want, let's do this together. Let's make the rest of the year your best year. And I want to help you. MLM Nation, this is Simon Chan. I'm fired up to bring our special guest today, Melissa Collins. Hey, Melissa, are you ready to make it happen? Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks so much for having me, Simon. Melissa Collins is an entrepreneur with over 20 years of experience building different type of businesses. She's currently the top leader and the highest income earner at her network marketing company. Melissa credits her growth and her success to her duplication system, along with a propriety app that gamifies the daily income produced activities and rewards activity and not just results. She's also the CEO and founder of Atlantis, which distributes and white labels unique and high-performing tools to leaders and corporate teams in the direct selling profession. So Melissa, welcome to ML Nation. Take us to the background. Well, what did you used to do before and how did you come across network marketing? Sure. So I have been an entrepreneur um, my entire life. I believe I collected a paycheck that I like signed the back of for maybe three years total in my entire life. I'm, I'm not a really great employee. Um, so I just was kind of born an entrepreneur. I, I owned my first business when I was 17 years old. And I owned traditional businesses all the way up until about well, I still own traditional businesses, but that's all I did until about 10 years ago, built them from the ground up. And um, I had built a chain of childcare centers. I owned 15 childcare centers. So it was a multi-million dollar business we built from the ground up. And what got me into MLM is, well, first, the product, a product. I needed to lose some weight. A friend was posting before and after pictures of people who I wanted to have results like. And I called her and said, I want whatever you have. She sold it to me and she said, hey, there's a great business attached to this. And I said, that's great. I have a business. Don't call me again. Just give me the stuff that's going to make me lose this weight. And I did. I lost like, I don't know, 40 or 50 pounds. And I felt great. And I was super excited. Um, and she called me multiple times over that year. It was it was an entire year. <clears throat> and then one day um, I woke up and the state of Connecticut, where I own my child care centers, in their infinite wisdom, decided to stop funding. And in that business, um, our business is our gross revenue. Sixty percent of it is is state funded. So basically, I woke up one day and sixty percent of my gross revenue disappeared. And what that meant for me was 
um, I couldn't take a paycheck. And I found out that day, I didn't know, I know this sounds crazy, but I found out that day that I was living paycheck to paycheck. I was living big paycheck to big paycheck, but I still needed the next paycheck and it wasn't coming and there was no one to call. And as a business owner pre-COVID, when you lost your income or couldn't pay yourself, there was no unemployment. There was no money coming. I was a single mother and I needed money. So with my tail between my legs, I called that girl back and said, uh, is there something, I didn't even know the word MLM. I didn't know what network marketing was. I had never heard of it. I didn't understand it. The truth be told, I actually thought I was going to earn coupons. And I want, I, <laughs> I wanted this product so bad because it worked for me that I had to give up everything because my paycheck wasn't coming. I was like, what do I do to earn the coupons? She told me to do a few things. I did. And I really thought, like I said, I earned coupons. She called me that first week and she said, do you realize that you earned $1,400? <laughs> I was like, U.S. dollars or coupon dollars, <laughs> and so that was a big aha moment for me. And that's that's how I got started. It 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 became my lifeline. It was what saved me and my son from. I don't know what would have happened. Why did you think you had success pretty quickly, even though you didn't even know how it worked? While well, a lot of people they uh, struggled. Yeah. So I, I, you might find Simon that I'm more honest than other. I'm going to be really honest about this because it's just true. Um, I have some natural influence. I was a business owner. I had 200 employees. I had just run for public office. And so I had some natural influence in my life. People already listened to me when I said, Hey, this is good. Do this. So that initially made a big, big difference for me. I sort of was, um, and I also had a sense of urgency. I think that not everybody else had because it wasn't a choice. If I was going to buy groceries, I had to sell something. Um, I also had a background in entrepreneurship. So all of those things put together really, really propelled me through my first six months. But then at six months, I kind of hit a wall and realized I don't know what I'm doing and I can't get past this hump because I don't know what I'm doing. You can't rely on natural influence and, and that kind of stuff forever, but it definitely is what made me go faster in the beginning. So once you hit the wall, what was the turning point or aha moment that allowed you to really get to the next level? Yes. Yeah, so what happened was about four months into my network marketing career, if you will, all that state funding came back and my paycheck came back. In four months, I had replaced an income that took me 15 years to build in traditional business. And so I had to take it seriously. I, I mean, it was just too much money to not take seriously. And so, and I, and I truly still did not know what I was doing, how I was getting paid, why this worked. You could not have asked me how to explain a comp plan. No, I knew nothing. And so I thought, well, I should probably figure out what I'm doing. So I got on a plane and I flew to Las Vegas and I attended um, GoPro's Most Powerful Women in Network Marketing event. That weekend changed my life. That weekend showed me what really helped me understand the vision of this industry. I met some people, you know, some other women who looked like me, who talked like me, who had kids my kids' age, who were making six figures a month. And, and frankly, if I'm being honest, I'm a high school dropout. I really thought that me making five figures a month was the pinnacle. I was making $10,000 a month at the time. And I thought that was the pinnacle of success. Like could, couldn't go any more than that. And I met, I met a woman who was making six figures a month and it, it just shifted my perspective on what was possible. And I really saw the vision of this industry that weekend. And I, I would say that is really was the turning point for me. Getting back to the event, because um, most people I talk to, they aha moments or some event, right? Was it really um, something, a skill you learned? Or was it really just a belief, shattering the belief that it was the really the belief. It was really the understanding. So I was already an entrepreneur. I'm already a really hard worker. 
I'm already really resourceful. I've built businesses from the ground up and had to figure things out by myself. And I saw this business model for my whole life. People in my network were like, oh, you're so lucky. You're a business owner. I never could give them and hand them what I had. And I saw this as a way to one, make more money than any other way I had ever seen. And two, as a way to help people that I cared about do the same thing. Um, it's just so different than traditional business. In traditional business, you figure it all out 100% yourself. There's no mentors. There's no one reaching down to pull you up. Um, so it really was the vision of what's possible um, for me at that event. And events are, I believe you, that most people's aha moments happen at an event. Yeah, definitely. I think some people, a lot of people make the mistake that you go to the events to learn. And you do learn, but it really is the belief shattering that yes. is the thing that you take away with. So what did you do differently after that event? I decided to be professional. I decided to go pro. One of the things I did that I, that I recommend everybody do. So I became somewhat of a stalker and I went and I figured out who all the seven figure earners were in the industry. And I, or not all of them, obviously, but I, I started following uh, a handful, 10 or 15, seven figure earners. And I started paying really close attention to why start making these lists of all the things that they do. They all have ring lights, like little simple things. They all have ring lights. They all have podcasts. They all wrote books. They all, and I made this giant list of things that they did, you know, and, and look, they all, they all have red bottom shoes. They all drive Mercedes. I don't know. There were definitely things on that list that I couldn't do immediately, but the vast majority of the list, like 80%, I could implement immediately. They all have a morning routine. They all do personal development. They all, they all go to the gym. They all are concerned about their health and the and the way that they look. There was a lot of things in that list that I could implement immediately, and I did. And I and even things I said, this is strange. Why do they all do this? I'll tell you one. Everybody makes fun of me for. <laughs> it's kind of a running joke in in my team. I noted a hundred percent of them. Now I don't know if this is still true, and there's a whole bunch of theories around it, but one hundred percent of them had white kitchen cabinets. And so I went as far as to rip the cabinets off my kitchen wall and paint them white. And I, and you know, everybody laughs about that. And they're like, it's not the white kitchen cabinets. No, what it was, was the energy behind my willingness to do whatever it takes, including if it means I have to have white kitchen cabinets and I'm going to go buy a, a jug of paint and paint my kitchen white. So I think that was probably one of the first biggest things I did to, to make that shift from amateur to pro. That's huge. I you know, uh, well, first of all, I think it comes from the traditional business background, right? Yeah, you reverse engineer something, right? You see something, uh, you kind of like a knockoff, like the Chinese knockoff. You just reverse engineer it and make it yourself. But I think really important is uh, we always act consistent to how we see ourselves. So even that white kitchen, that's huge because then all of a sudden you see yourself as a top leader. You see yourself as yeah. a six-figure month leader, even though you're not. But you start acting like you said, you did all those things. People think it's the skills, but it's like the morning routines, the gym. The you start acting like that. And then all of a sudden, your confidence attracts better and better people into your business. Yeah. the ener Your energy changes and your energy shifts when you start behaving as if. I always say it's um, you have to be before you will do so you can have. It's not have, do, be. Everybody, A lot of people have it backwards. They think, well, when I have a five-figure a month paycheck, then I will be a person who will do these things. It's just not how it works. It's really do, be, have. Right. Because if you don't do those things, you never get the five-figure paycheck. That's right. And Correct. every leader, including yourself, started with zero, did not have a five-figure paycheck. That's right. I had 300 Facebook friends when I joined network marketing, and <laughs> I didn't post ever. And 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 when I did, I still, you know, you look back in memories, 
every day. I'm like, what was wrong with me back then? Ridiculous. So how did you change going from someone who didn't post to posting? I, I, I just made a decision to learn. I mean, I, you know, it was messy at first. It was real messy. And even when I look back on posts in my first two years in the industry, it was messy. Um, I emulated leaders. I copied a lot. Um, I, I, I just made a decision to do it, even if it wasn't right, because the problem is there's a lot of people sitting around getting ready to get ready to get ready and learning and, and they get addicted to, to learning and to doing training. But the reality is you're never going to learn if you don't go mess it up. There are yeah. absolutely people I spoke to in messenger who would never join me in network marketing because I messed it up so epically. And I'm so grateful for them because they helped me learn what not to do. I learned from every one of those experiences and I would not have learned at that level had I not taken massive action. Yeah, I always talk about the learning is in the doing. The learning is in doing. Uh, and I, I love the, you know, when I was introing you, your app, it gamifies activities instead of just results. And I think we're in the profession, well, just Western culture in general, we like to glorify the people who get the big results. Talk a little bit about that. Why do you gamify activity? What type of activities do you gamify? So I, I built an app from scratch, just to be clear. It's my code. I own it. And it was very challenging. <laughs> I hired a team of coders and it took a year to put this together, but I was tired of using other people's tools and I was tired of using antiquated training. I wanted a tool that I had control of for my team so that as things change and they change so rapidly, I was able to keep up with it. Um, and so we built this app and, it, and it's twofold. So you have the training piece of it, which the way I train my field is very different than what I've seen in the rest of the industry. And then the, the gamified piece. So you know how people are addicted. Do you remember when Facebook went from went to infinite scroll? Do you remember before infinite scroll, it would stop? Yep. Infinite scroll is the biggest change in social media. And it's the reason so many people are addicted. That one little change. Companies and, and Candy Crush, you've heard of that, I'm sure. Oh. And all these other gaming apps that make the little noise and the little, and I mean, have you seen people play in the slot machine on their phone? They make no money. There's no purpose to it. It does nothing good for their brain, but we get addicted to it. It creates a dopamine hit in our brain, which is why we get addicted. Every time we're on social media and we see something funny, dopamine hit. Every time we hit like, dopamine hit. Every time we get a notification on social media, dopamine hit. These companies know that, and that's why these apps are developed this way. And so I just thought, people are going to be addicted to these apps anyway. I'm not going to fight it. Okay, I can't fight that. I'm not, I'm not that powerful. But what if I created an app that actually used the same psychology and addicted them to daily income-producing activities? Mm -hmm. So they're going to be addicted to something. They might as well be addicted to something that can change their life. And so we released the app. And what it really does, the app combined with the training... When people use it, it takes about an hour a day. There's a little game they play. They get coins. They win prizes. They spin a little wheel. There's all sorts of fun components to it. But what happens is we're seeing people. Go, I think the number I was just looking it up yesterday, it's like 86% of people who use it for 90 days increase their following by 300%. We've seen people come in and use start the app with 100 Facebook friends and go to 10,000 Facebook followers in 90 days. It's, that's not an unusual story with this app. So we also see a really high retention rate because people, once they use it, it works. Then um, I think in, you know, since, since I would say 2020 and the big C happened, we saw a shift in our industry. I know 
a lot of people were doing belly to belly and in-person events. And suddenly overnight that changed. And whether it's lucky or unlucky, I don't know. That's when I started my current opportunity right around that time. And we had to quickly shift and teach people how to use exclusively social media and how to go viral, how to teach them how to go viral quickly and become micro influencers. Because at the end of the day, if you don't do that, you will spend the rest of your career selling to friends and family and being the girl at the 4th of July picnic that everybody goes to the other side of the pool so they don't talk to you. So Yeah. Um, you know, thinking well, we're dating ourselves, but I talk about the dopamine hit, right? We get It's not just the notification, it's the sound. You mentioned the sound. We're addicted to the sound. And, and the talk about dating ourselves. Back in the day, remember you got mail? The thing, you got mail. And we were so excited every time we got a mail, right? Yeah. Um, and actually, on a side note, I read uh, that the guy who invented the infinite scroll actually regrets that he inv uh, invented it because he felt that it causes more harm to mankind. It's addicted to it's harming people. Oh, it's, 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 yeah. it's harming people. I mean, we have entire personal development trainings on how to stop scrolling now. Yeah, it, it, is, it is harmful. It, it, it's it, and it's psychological and it's doing things to our brains and our children's brains um, that is affecting them. But like I said, I don't know how to solve that entire problem for our population. But if we can take that, look at that psychology of what changed an entire world, a world, not just our society or our country, but a whole world changed with infinite scroll. If we can take that psychology and put the same thing behind something that does good for people, that increases their income, that makes them healthier, that helps their families, that changes lives, then it, then to me, it's worth doing. Yeah. You know, maybe you have a, you could add it to your app, like an infinite scroll where you show people taking action altogether. Like order so people we, so we do action. have that. What the app does is it actually, so it gamifies the daily activities, but it also helps stop the scroll because what the, the app, when you go do your task, maybe your task is on Facebook, it hovers Facebook above your app, but you have to go back to get your dope hit. You have to go back. You have to go back to get your little cha-ching. You have to go back to get your coins. So it pulls you out of that infinite scroll and puts you back in your virtual office. And so we've found that it really does help people stay out of that scroll hole and stay into their income producing activities. That's actually going to grow their business. You mentioned um, COVID uh, 2000, right? What people moving online, what do you think doesn't work anymore? I think that the antiquated, I'm going to air quote systems, they call them systems, but I, they're really orders of operation, add tag message, uh, peak pass plug, all these cute little things that we say, make a list of a hundred, um, cold messaging, reaching out to all of that is 2012. It's just old. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I, it, and, and I, it, I shouldn't say it doesn't work. It definitely does work, but it blows people out of the industry. It creates massive attrition. It doesn't, it doesn't help people have long-term success. And what it does is it sets people up for, um, I don't know what the right words are. You know, sometimes when we start a personal development program, people go into it thinking they need to be fixed. Okay. I'm going to get around to it. I promise. They don't need to be fixed. We were all born perfect. We need to unlearn things we learned. That's really the truth about personal development. And so, so we go into, people go into these network marketing things, thinking that they're going to get more confidence and, and, and grow, and they end up feeling worse about themselves because they went and did all the things and they just got beat up in messenger. And then they just say network marketing doesn't work. It's not healthy for our industry. It's not healthy for our teams. And it's not healthy for people. Um, and there's just a better way to grow. There's just a better way to grow without harassing people we, and without 
spamming and advertising and all of those things, there's just a better way. I think that, that we've discovered. And I think COVID really helped us discover it because it forced us online. It forced us out of living rooms. It forced us out of meetings and conventions. Now I think there's a place for in-person a big place for in-person events. We, I just came off of one last weekend. Um, but I think that there is a faster, more efficient and, and, and a way that you can actually grow online and create time freedom, which by the way, is one of the biggest lies in our industry. Yeah. Oh, so what is the better way? Learning how to go viral and go gain 10, 20, 30, 40,000 followers. And then on side of that, learning how to create content that actually converts to sales, not advertisement, not spamming your newsfeed with pictures of products, but learning how to create content, learning how to create a brand around yourself, not your company, yourself. You are the brand. You own that brand. You can take it with you anywhere. And I think that here's how I really feel about um, network marketing, MLM, and my personal team. My job is not to collect people and retain them forever. My job as I see it is to be a small part of someone's success story. And that's going to mean for some people that they come in and they learn how to create content, how to build a brand, how to go viral. And then they, they take that either to another opportunity or something they build themselves or maybe a coaching program. But I'm a small part of it because I taught them that part of it. And if I can do that, then I'm succeeding. Then I'm winning. You know, I, I think that we we lose sight or so many leaders lose sight of what we're really supposed to be doing here, which is why you see kind of the yucky stuff that happens when people leave companies because we feel this ownership of people. But the truth of the matter is our job is really just to inspire as many people as we can and be a very small part of their story. I just don't want to teach people to brand themselves my company. I want to teach people how to build a real brand. It's an asset. Once you build a network and you own it, it's yours. No one can take it from you. It's an asset that belongs to you forever. And once you learn that skill, no one can take that skill from you either. So someone who's new right now, I know you can do an entire training, like an hour training on this, but in, in real short, what are some th quick things they can do to start branding themselves and doing it the right way? Well, first they need to figure out who the heck they are. You know, I, I hope this doesn't come across as sexist, but our industry is very predominantly women. I mean, it's a very large number of women. And so a lot of people's stories are they get into this industry, they had a couple of kids, they've, they're they a spouse, they're, they either have a husband or a wife or whatever. And at some point they get to me and I say, who are you? What do you love? What would you walk into a burning building for? What would you stand up for? What would you fight for? And so many people can't answer that question. You got to start there. You got to rediscover who you are, what you what matters to you, what you're willing to stand up for what you love, what you want to educate people on, what value do you have to offer? That's your brand. So step one is figuring out what your brand is and no one can hand that to you because we're all such different, unique individuals, which is what you know makes the world so amazing, right? When you ask that question, I'm thinking, but yeah, I can just think of three different friends, including myself, and then we will all stand up for different things. And I think yeah. that's, I mean, we all want to do certain things, but when push comes to serve, shove. There's always something that we'll never say yes to, right? We'll always yeah. say, no, I'm not going to do that. Like for me, it's like, no, I'm not going to ever go get, get a job again. But some of my friends will say, well, if you really need to pay the bills, then I might have to get a job. Well, for me, it's like, doesn't matter. What happened? I'm just going to figure it out. I'll downsize or whatever. I'll find a so way. Yeah, me too. I live in a tent first. I, you know, Simon, I mean, your brand, 
if people, if people know you and they're listening to this, I said the other day to my friend who introduced me to you, I said, I need someone who really understands consistency. And Simon Chan came out of his mouth immediately. That's obviously part of your brand. I mean, it's clear. It was the first name that came to his mind. So, so that's, so a few people are out there wondering like, what do I mean by branding? That's what I mean. What you think of someone when you, when you think of them, what you expect from them and what, what then do you want people when someone hears your name, what do you want them to think about? Yeah. And, and uh, shout out to Brandon Hayes for connecting us. That's the friend. Uh, yeah. And not to, bra- you know, I've definitely not to brag or anything because I'm definitely not the best, but uh, I actually hadn't talked to communicate with Brandon for quite some time. Right. I think this is a lesson for the listeners there. I hadn't talked to him, messaged him, aside from maybe, you know, once or twice a year, happy holidays, happy birthday. I sing to him, uh, but it's just showing up every day. I think, I think some people feel like, well, I just posted, but no one is commenting, right? But I do a pep talk every single day for the last five, six years, and people notice it. People are watching. They may not comment, you know, like, but they are watching you. So right. get your personal brand sorted out. And like uh, Melissa just go and uh, create that content because people are watching. Yeah. And I think it's important, you know, some old antiquated advice is to create engaging posts. And we used to teach people to, do you like pineapple on pizza or not? Who cares if you like pineapple? Unless you're a chef, I don't understand. Do you like the middle of the brownie or the edge of the brownie? Here's the problem with that. That will create calm comment because people love to be heard. Your network wants a platform to speak. They, you know why they want that? Because it creates a dopamine hit. When they get to comment and they get to give their opinion, it creates a dopamine hit. But here's what that does. So you have 100% of, of an engagement post. When you ask if people like ketchup or mustard, you get engagement. You usually get a tiny little boost in your algorithm, but you're getting zero authority in your brand. When you really have the opportunity to learn how to create engagement, that great content that actually creates authority in your brand, that's where the sweet spot is. So your brand is consistency. Okay. Well, that's part of your brand, obviously being consistent, remaining consistent. And, and so, so an engagement post for you is much more powerful when it has something to do with consistency. You know, that post where you're scrolling on Facebook, I'm not a big scroller, but, and you just have to comment. You just have to say something and you can't go by it. It's just, it pulls at you. It tugs at you. And then, and then people start commenting and then people are talking to people in the comments. That's a post that's creating engagement authority. It's so much more powerful than just creating a post. People are going to say ketchup or mustard, ketchup or mustard. They will answer that. But I promise you that when you figure out how to create content that also builds authority in your brand, that's where the sweet spot is. That's where people start to, you start to build authority with people. And that's where you start to gain so many more followers. That's where your content starts to get hundreds and hundreds of shares. I just came up with an idea. Maybe I'll post this later. But like, uh, I guess an example, I'm giving the listeners an example, would be like, since I talk about consistency and personal development, it's also very important to network marketers, right? If I was to say, um, if you only had 15 minutes, would you stick to your workout? So you can, would you stick to your consistent workout and give up personal development? Or would you go listen to personal development instead? That's a fantastic, that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's a that's very exactly controversial. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Right? That's something that people are like, no, personal development is the most important. A lot of people know the workout can wait. Or some people yeah, think about consistency. And you see a lot of people, or like you can skip a training, right? Like that's another one, right? Would you uh, stay consistent and work on your income-producing activities? Because you only have 15 minutes today. Fifty, Or would you 
go attend your uplines training. Yep. No, actually, that might get, get, get in trouble with you. That might get in trouble with your upline. But that definitely you, will get a lot of engagement. So I've been looking at your content. You do this autonomically. You probably have not put a ton of thought into it. You do it autonomically. I see your posts all the time. But like a, a post, like uh, even just a statement. So consistency is more important than skill. That's yeah. a great post that builds authority. Mm. It's an engagement post. People talk about, talk back and forth. And they and 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 it and it builds authority in your brand. So much more important than whether somebody likes the corner or the middle of the brownie. Yeah. You could post that, Simon, and people will tell you whether they like the corner or the middle, because people love to tell us stuff. But it's yeah. built, it does nothing for your brand or authority. So what's the point? Awesome. I, I, by the way, awesome conversation. I think there's people know about engagement posts, but they don't know how to do it the right way. And then you just nailed it. Really good. Hey, ML Nation, I have a new and free tool to help you out, to help you achieve your goals. Hey, most goals fail because they don't apply the seven components of the consistency system. So I created a cheat sheet for you. This is based up from my book, The Consistency System, the seven components that help you increase sales and transform your business. It's free. Just head over to mlnation.com forward slash system. This is my favorite question, and we got to wrap up soon. What is your worst moment in the profession? To the point that you were like, oh, why did I do this? But you didn't quit, and that's why you are where you are today. Um, so I think, uh, I mean, there's been a lot <laughs> of worst moments, but I think the very worst moment is when you reach a certain level, and every leader listening to this will understand, you reach a certain level, and somebody decides to leave your team and use you as the scapegoat. And, and it turns into this passive-aggressive war on Facebook and I, and I, I will give credit to Brandon Hayes for teaching me this uh, just to, you know, silence this golden and just allow people to do what they want and, and say what they want. And that what he really taught me is that no one can hurt me and no one can hurt you. Anyone listening, no one can hurt you. you, you we just choose how we feel about it. But there's, a, you know, we're in the human business, so there's always going to be humans. And, and, and there's literally no way to get to the top of an MLM company and not have people say mean things about you or tell lies about you or yeah. spread rumors about you. So at some point there was this turning point where I started to become really grateful for them. And I was like, I have another one. I must be growing, I, you know, because I can't change. I can't be the right person for everybody. I can't change everybody's mind. But what I can do is, is, is know that those things are happening for me. And I can tell you this, if you're going through that right now, if you're a leader and you're going through that right now, I can trace back every one of those people and me doing the right thing, not kicking them out of groups, not speaking about them. I don't block people. I don't do anything. I just wish them well and hope for the best. I leave them in all of our chats. I don't remove, I don't remove access to anything. Doesn't matter. I just don't do it. And I can trace every single one of those moments back to some of the biggest leaders in my team, how they got connected to me. So here's my advice. Be grateful for the PR because all PR is good PR. <laughs> it is. That's right. Yeah. You know, there's a saying my mentor told me when people say great things about you, that's awesome. When people say bad things about you, that's good. It's when people don't say anything about you, that's when you're really screwed up. That's right. That's right. No you one's talking about there. you. Exactly. No one cares about you. Yeah. Hey, thank you so much. As we go towards the end of the show, some quick questions to pick your brain. Okay. And these can be quick one-liners. Uh, what is your favorite quote that motivates you? 
Um, I love the quote, success is going from failure to failure without the loss of enthusiasm. I think Winston Churchill said that. What's one habit that's helped you become successful? Uh, I, being consistent, uh, you know, doing what I say I will do, even when I don't want to. <laughs> What's the best piece of advice you ever received? I, I guess I would go back to what I had just said about people leaving. And so just let people be who they want to be. What's your favorite prospecting tool you use? Say you have a qualified prospect. Do you send them a video? Do you send them an app? Do you uh, get on the phone with them or get on Zoom? What do you like to use? So my answer might shock you. I don't do any of that. I don't speak to people before I enroll them. I have a process, an automated process. And and I say, I literally send you a message that says, Simon, are you ready for the LinkedIn instructions? You say ready. I send you LinkedIn instructions. I'll talk to you after. And I know that's, I know people are hearing this and going, that's crazy. I enroll 30 to 50 people a month, Simon. I don't do Zooms. I don't do calls. I don't do Facebook Messenger. I don't do text back and forth. I don't answer questions. There's a better way. That's all I'm telling you. What's your favorite app on your phone? Aside from my your app. app. Aside from your <laughs> app, right? Uh, I have yeah. two apps. So my two favorite apps are mine, but uh, Canva. I love Canva. I, Canva. I don't know how people live without Canva. What are two or three books you could recommend to ML Nation? Uh, how to, how to win friends and influence people. Every human should read that. I would say, um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this word on here, but it's the name of a book. I got banned from Facebook once for saying it. Get Rich Lucky Bitch by Denise Dufeld is my favorite money book. I literally read that book every single month and I have for almost two years. Changed my life. And I really, really uh, love Be Obsessed or Be Average by Grant Cardone. Here's the last question. The million dollar question. You ready? Sure. Imagine you had to start all over again and you knew no one but you had all your current knowledge, skills, and wisdom. So you had zero contacts. What's the first thing you do or the first place you go to find prospects and build a network marketing business from scratch? So I'm most comfortable on Facebook. Uh, my children tell me I'm too old for Instagram. <laughs> it's fake news though. But um, I would go to Facebook and I would start creating content around my brand and I would focus very heavily for 90 days on going viral. And I wouldn't care about enrolling and I wouldn't care about making money. I would take 90 days and I would go build my following back to 10 to 20,000. I would just go crush my following again. Hey, thank you so much. As we wrap up, any last words or advice? And then what's the best way listeners can connect with you? Uh, the easiest way to connect with me is via Facebook. I'm Melissa Collins on Facebook and my messenger is always open. So um, that's the best way to, that really is the best way to get a hold of me. And I just want to say thank you so much. I appreciate you having me on here, Simon. It's been great. ML Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And today you've been hanging out with Melissa Collins. So keep up the momentum and go to mlnation.com, click on the podcast tab. And the show notes or the nuggets of wisdom that Melissa shared will be right there, including the links to her app and also the books and uh, her social media profile. Definitely go follow her and check her out. Hey, in order to be successful in life, in business and network marketing, you must help others. So Melissa, thanks again for sharing your valuable time with ML Nation. We're grateful to you and we appreciate you for having a positive impact on millions of distributors worldwide. Thank you so much again, Melissa. God bless you. Thank you very much. Bye, Simon. Hey, ML Nation. 
would love to prospect together with you and also help guide you on what to say, how to reply back to your prospects so that you can get your next customer or rep this week. You want to know how? Just go to PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. Again, that's www.PurposeDrivenNetworkers.com. Hey, I'm Omnition, Simon Chan. That was by far one of my favorite episodes. Awesome episode by Melissa Collins. Uh, talking about the social media and how to brand yourself. And I had a really awesome time sharing and uh, talking with her. Um, yeah, I felt like she, we could relate very easily. Really, really good stuff there. By the way, if you want to uh, get the show notes or the nuggets of wisdom, make sure you head over to mlnation.com uh, and click on the podcast tab and show notes and definitely follow Melissa. I will have her link, uh, her social media links on the show notes page. Definitely follow. And like she said, copy what uh, people did. When she wanted to become successful, you know, going to the event was a breakthrough, big, big, big moment. Went there and then saw what the people were making six figures a month in, kind of stalked them, find out what they did. Uh, I love the joke, joke, and she was talking, well, actually, it wasn't a joke, it was serious about the white kitchen uh, cabinets following them, right? So when you start acting like a top leader and stop being a top leader, you will become a top leader. And I always talk about you got to be before you become. If you're waiting for results and then you start becoming like that, you'll never make it. You got to start being before you become. So awesome stuff there. And, uh, you know, aha moments, going to events, really important. Whether you're company event or going to your generic events, make sure you attend events. Because it's not about what you learn. People think it's the, it's the belief. You know, when she shared about her belief, this back to goes back to my first event in 2004 in San Diego where I saw, uh, I met someone that, own horses, own stable, and she was doing network marketing. And that was that shattered my belief. I thought network marketing was for poor broke people. Until I saw that, I saw successful people well off still doing network marketing because the power, the leverage, that, oh, my belief shot through the roof. And I became more confident. I closed people better. It's just, it was just, it works like miracles. It's like magic. You got to work on that belief. It's all mental. So great stuff there. And you know how Melissa got in is about timing. I was talking about prospecting is about timing. 95% of the people you talk about the business, they're not going to join the first time. But for her, it was because when the state, Connecticut state, cut her funding for her traditional business, she started becoming, she needed money. She started going back to that friend and started looking for opportunity, right? So it is about timing. And that's why you need to be consistent showing up every day. She talked about um, branding. What do you stand for? And that was a good that was a good question because uh, it made me start thinking, what do I stand for? So MLM Nation, what do you stand for? What do you like? What would you say no to? And then you start creating content about that. Engaging posts. Creating posts that gets people to comment but establish you as an authority. Right? Those are ones that now get engagement but people start seeing you differently. Really, that's probably the big, big aha moment I think for you all that you need to listen to because people have told you to do engagement posts but are they teaching you to do ones with authority? Uh, she talked about her worst moment. Like if no one's talking bad about you, you haven't done anything. So get used to that. And if you want to be successful, and I totally agree. I didn't say amen when she said that, but if you want to be anything in network marketing, if you want to make it big, you're going to be criticized. People are not going to agree with what you do, but you got to stay firm. You got to, and you got to keep going. And that is like a badge of honor. When people leave, when people leave, or they say bad stuff about you, you know, that's a badge of honor. People, because that means you're doing the right way. You're getting attention. Like PR, right? Gratitude, all PR, gratitude for the PR. All PR is good PR because you get you noticed 
and you really are started branding yourself. Anyway, awesome show. I would go back and listen to this uh, talking about just for the consistency, uh, but also about the the branding. That's how you get started off and how things have changed. Really good stuff. I can go on and on. Go and listen, re-listen to this. Thank you for listening and definitely follow Melissa Collins. Head over to mlnation.com. And if you like this, please leave a review. Hey, that's something I've been busting my butt for eight years. Yes, can you believe it? Eight years doing this podcast. All I simply ask of you to do is, hey, subscribe, leave a review, hit the subscribe button, and leave a review. That's who I ask. If you want to get some bonus extra credit, share this with someone and then message me about it on Instagram or Facebook. I'll check my messages. Let me know about it. I may have a little treat for you. But hey, I've been busting my butt. Help me out in return. Subscribe and review. I really, really, really appreciate it. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of this amazing profession. Thanks again to Melissa Collins. And remember, we're in the profession to help others. So take what you learn and go out there and have a positive impact on someone's life. God bless you all.